This episode was brought to you by Platinum Physical Therapy and X Endurance. More on that later. The pursuits of each creative expression and running mirror each other in so many powerful ways, which I've been thinking about a lot recently. They're both this exploration toward, you know, a goal or outcome. And the process is at the same time rewarding and hard. And there are obvious parallels. It takes patience and time and, you know, the willingness to keep showing up (laughs) until you break through. That was Abby Cooper. And this is the Running on Own podcast. everyone, welcome to or welcome back to the Running on Ohm podcast. I'm your host, Julia Hanlon, and I am so grateful that you, yes you, you've chosen to tune in today. Here on the Running on Ohm podcast, we feature long-form style conversations with women in endurance sports and the outdoors. I say this every week and I truly mean it. Although these conversations focus on women's stories in particular, this podcast is for everyone to listen to and hopefully for everyone to be inspired and empowered by. In today's podcast conversation, my close friend and soul sister, Abby Cooper, and I come together for our monthly series, our Soul Sister Sessions, where we explore your questions on all things life, sport, relationship, injury. If you're new to this podcast or this series, a little bit about Abby. Abby is a professional distance runner for New Balance, specializing in the 5,000 meters. Abby represented the United States in the 2016 Olympics and is currently training to represent the U.S. at the 2021 Olympics. In our conversation, we explore creativity. You might be wondering, why creativity? Well, we explain the why in our episode, and we discuss listener questions on how creativity intersects with running and sport, tips for balancing creativity and consumption in the digital age, how to decide which ideas to pursue when you've got so many, what to do when you feel burned out creatively, and lots, lots more. This was such a fun conversation, and I truly hope you enjoy it. We'd love to hear your feedback on these Soul Sister sessions. If you have a follow-up question or a question on something entirely different, please submit them at runningandome.com slash sessions. And if this conversation resonates please consider sharing it on your Instagram or maybe with a friend who lights your creative spark. Okay, friends, let's do this. Let's dive deep with my soul sister, Abby Cooper. Jules. Okay, <laughs> it's August. Craziness. Yeah. So this month we're going to get to focus on creativity, which we'll explain why later, but what is present for you today? I always ask this, but what's been the best part of your day thus far? Yeah. Hmm, let's see. I Okay, this is simple joy, total simple joy. Um, Jake and I order like our bulk food from Walmart, and we ordered 
um, a bunch of these new tortillas. We went to our friends for uh, lunch the other day and they had these amazing tortillas. We were like, what are these? We need to buy them. And they were like, you can order like raw tortillas and just put them on a pan for like 30 seconds on each side. Have you ever had these? No. Okay. But so it's like 30 seconds on each side. And it's so cool because they have like no preservatives. It's like five ingredients. That's usually why like I hesitate with buying tortillas because the ingredient list is like three miles long. Um, But these have five ingredients and they're delicious. And so I made a tortilla wrap for my lunch and it was just, just gave me so much joy. I forget. I'm going to have to, oh, Tortilla Land, I think is the name of the brand. So, and it's like, they were $3 maybe at Walmart. So amazing. Tortilla Land, you're our next podcast sponsor. (laughs) I know. Hit us up. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. How about you, Jules? Tell me about your day. Ooh, thus far, I've already taught a student and done some podcast work and took my dog on a walk, which was definitely the best part of my day. Um, yeah, I just love, love watching my dog run free and um, just be a, being a dog mom, always the best part. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. These neighbors that I just mentioned have two dogs too. And like my heart slowly but surely, as I've told you, is just like longing for a pup so someday but in the in the meantime I will live vicariously through the other dog moms I know oh so where are you at right now with your training when we recorded last month it was right before a 10k race that you did and you rocked an outdoor track 10k in like 90 degree humidity 100 percent Massachusetts <laughs> so what is up with you in running right now Yeah. So I am now currently on a running break. Um, Coach and I decided that given the limitations of racing opportunities um, that I needed to rest now so I could be ready for an altitude stint in September and October, which I've never done a stint in the fall before. So I'm really excited for that. I'm, I'm planning to spend more time at altitude um, in this Olympic year. And so, yeah, so I'm just resting my legs and my mind, um, from that right now, and then going to be rearing to go in a week or so. What is it like for you to rest? Is it something that comes easily for you? Are you have resistance towards? Um, well, (laughs) to say I'm resistant would be an understatement. I think I've, I mean, I, for sure have, have gotten, um, better over time. I've been, uh, encouraged just through kind of hitting up against a wall and, and overdoing my, you know, days and setting the expectations that are, that are too high for my days and just hitting up against a wall. I've done it so many times that I've learned the value of rest. Yeah. In my training and just in general, kind of resting my soul, um, as I've spoken about before, uh, on the podcast, like my 10 minutes of being and just spending time in nature. Those are just practices that I enjoy, you know, like inherently enjoy. And so I've just uh, learned to discipline myself to incorporate those more frequently. And now I find I look forward to them more. Oh, that's beautiful. And the nitty... Sorry, I just meant, but to speak specifically to your question the time of like no activity is definitely hard, you know, and probably always will be, but just try to 
and, you know, take part in other activities that I enjoy. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question is like, what does actually resting mean to you? Is there cross training involved in it? Are you doing rehab, strength work, non-running things? Like what does actual rest look like for you? Yeah. So, um, usually we do three weeks total, two weeks of easy cross training and one week of no activity. Um, so I am in the second week of cross training right now and yeah, still doing, um, some strength, uh, not going crazy. Obviously. I mean, I don't even, we're still in phase two in North Carolina, so gym access doesn't exist still. Um, but yeah, doing strength where I can. And just so that, you know, when I do return, I'm not starting from complete scratch again. Um, but then, yeah, I'll have a week completely off next week. Are there any bodies of water that you're aqua jogging in locally? Oh, man, I miss aqua jogging. Actually, when I was home, I was able to do it in Hood Pond in Topsfield, which is not far from our house and beautiful. But there is one pool. There's one outdoor pool in Blowing Rock, which is the neighboring town but I was cracking up when I got on their website. Of course, it's a reservation basis and they're, you know, three spots and they're like completely booked out. This is a t- small little town. And I just assume that like a lot of the seniors, I assume, you know, usually when I go to the pool, it's older people are getting their activity in, which I totally admire, but it's also frustrating because I'd really like to aqua jog. So for now, no, but hopefully I'll be able to use the App State pool soon. Cool. Awesome. But, but yeah, um, unless there's something I'm forgetting, we wanted to just kind of explain the inspiration behind this topic because it is somewhat, you know, off the beaten path um, for what we typically talk about, which is directly related to, uh, you know, movements and, um, but, but I, you know, I think you'll agree, Jules, uh, creativity and creative expression, movement is a form of that. And we just wanted, you know, I, I specifically was prompted to explore this topic with Jules um, through a podcast interview that I listened to on the Journey Woman podcast, which is one of my favorites. It's an interview with Andrew Peterson, who is a singer songwriter and author. And I just, thought that he spoke so eloquently to both of them to the importance of creative action and its value to our soul and just to reset ourselves and um, do what really we're made to do. And it actually dovetailed really well with what I've been learning as I've committed to writing more frequently. And as you all, as many listeners will know, if you've been listening um, to other other talks of ours that um, I've been aspiring to start a website. And so I've been writing more frequently and getting ready to, for blog posts. And so I've just been experiencing the value of the arts and that form of expression and seeing the parallels between it, you know, kind of stereotypical artistic expression, be it music or art, um, and then athletic expression. So there's just so many, they, they, those two acts kind of mirror, the pursuits mirror each other. And um, I thought Andrew Peterson on the podcast kind of articulated really well that creativity is, in his words, incarnating what you imagine. 
that he kind of dis- made a distinct distinguishment between imagination, which is in the mind, kind of the thinking of, and then creative is, is the acting process. It's, it's bringing to life something that doesn't yet exist or cultivating something that's always been there in raw form, but isn't fully realized. For example, an athletic talent, you know, that you, you have that skill set, but it needs to be nurtured. Um, and so what I, you know, in, in kind of thinking about what we did, would discuss today, my hope is that, you know, while, as he said, creativity requires action and participation, it can start with first being a recipient of it. So even if you feel like you're someone who's not quote unquote creative, which I'll talk about later, like I think everyone is, um, and, and I know Jules does too, um, I, to kind of spur your mind to be able to create, I think it's helpful to first be a recipient, like I said, and learn to appreciate music and art and poetry and really the fruit of any kind of creation that, that others may be producing. And so I just wanted to kind of like broaden what sometimes we think about creativity as just the doing part, but it can also be like watching a great film and talking about you know, what themes were embedded within it. And so, Jules, do you have anything to add to that or? So, so much beauty and wisdom in what you shared. And we will definitely link to that podcast episode um, with Andrew. I One of the biggest things that I found really interesting from it and how it kind of has sparked us to look at creativity in our lives is he was speaking to how he doesn't like to be identified as a creative which I thought was really interesting. And I don't know if he had a way of describing like what he'd prefer to be identified as, but he was basically just saying he's not a creative because then that makes him seem like a special like breed of person. He's like, everyone is creative. And I think as I, I grew up in myself and my background is I'm a singer and I grew up my whole childhood. Unlike you, I didn't play any team sports. I wasn't an athlete. I didn't discover that part of myself until junior year of college when I started running. And so most of my childhood, I identified more with my artistic side of myself. And now as I'm identifying more with like my athletic side of myself, I just see that there is so much cross-pollination with creativity and creative work and pursuit in every discipline and that it's within everyone. And it's so, yeah, for me, it's just like the spice of life. And so I'm so excited to get to explore some listener questions on this and yeah, get to dig in to what creativity means to us. Yes. Amen. I really appreciate that, that insight as well, Jules. Um, so to start our questions, what time of day do you feel most creative? So I definitely feel most creative in the morning. And I find similar to what you spoke to earlier through movement, I feel very like my creative thinking brain, my problem solving brain is awakened. And whether it's I'm running or I'm practicing yoga or biking, I feel like my best thoughts and ideas and always come to me. Even that idea for actually the podcast came to me on a run. I can even remember the run on the Charles River. It was the summer before senior year of college. And I just gotten back from Hawaii and I went, I went to college in Maine, but I spent a semester in Hawaii studying kind of abroad. And when I was in Hawaii, I listened to a lot of podcasts and just fell in love with the medium. 
came home, was running around the Charles, like right near Watertown area, if anyone knows <laughs> that part, like Watertown Arsenal area. And I just remember like realizing it dawned on me. I was like, oh my gosh, I could start my own podcast and get to talk to people about yoga and running and all the things I'm interested in in it. And I got home from the run, so stoked to my idea, told my mom, and she's like, absolutely not. You have enough going on in your life. You're a double major. You know, you run the yoga studio. You're now going to be running on, you know, on the team at school. Like you have way too much going on. You do not need to start a podcast. And so <laughs> my creative, you know, my creative juice was kind of squashed in that moment, but I didn't let her stop me. And a month later I started the podcast. Um, so I love the morning time. I think the one interesting thing is though for the afternoon for me is when I feel like I put more of my creative work into action. I feel like my morning time is like my incubator. Like I'm thinking through things, I'm organizing my thoughts. And then afternoon is usually when I like really dig into my good work, whether that's like writing or reading for school or for the podcast. In the morning, I don't feel like I'm actually as able to execute it into action. Wow, that's really interesting, Jules. I didn't actually know that your that the idea for the podcast was born on a run. That's so special to hear. Yeah. Um, and how how amazing it is the connection between and I think there's actually probably a lot of research on this. I should fact check myself, but on the connection between movement and learning and memory, you know, like embodied cognition. You know, there, there's actually, I mean, I know there's a whole field in that. Um because I, like, even when I was re-listening to this creativity podcast on the elliptigo, I was remembering, like, as I heard particular lines, I remembered specifically, like, at what point I was on my run, what I was seeing. It's just unbelievable. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder for me to, like, when I do need to create space for creative thought, you know. I know how to do it. Um, but I definitely agree with you that mornings are my time, have always been an early bird. And especially with uh, deep thought, I prefer to like wake up early, you know, when it's still dark and I can just get a jump start on the day. And like my mind is really just going, get, you know, a cup of coffee, some breakfast. And like, I'm just that, that if I could like bottle up that time, I would. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did it all the time in college where I would just go to bed earlier and wake up even at like four or five if I needed to finish a paper. It was better for me to do it at that time. Um, and also like if I would hit a wall in my creative efforts, particularly writing papers in college, I would just go for a run. So definitely a lot of similarities there. But I know quite a few people, my husband's one of them who feels more alive in the eat like later evening. So it's cool how yeah, just our, our wiring can, can shape when we are most productive. Yeah. I wonder if it's an INFJ thing. Ooh, like if there's Myers been Briggs. like some kind of, yeah, like chart of like <laughs> any time gram. of day. Which any one gram. is it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now we're just geeking out. <laughs> um, no, I love to geek out. How, next question, how does creativity intersect with your running? So yeah, I mean, as I, this is a great question. Um, as I mentioned, running is often, you know, for me, a vehicle for my imagination, like where, you know, as we just said, like where I will be thinking and dreaming and pontificating, like that's usually what I naturally do when I'm running by myself. Um, 
but also, yeah, so the, so the act in and of itself is like where I will engage in it. Like they just merge. Um, but also creative expression outside of running, like, as we said, more stereotypical forms of creativity, like for me, writing, reading, poetry, things like that, um, is an outlet for my soul, which therefore feeds my running craft. So they're just working like they're, they work in, they can be, they can be happening simultaneously, but then they also feed one another. Um, and, and also like, as I mentioned, even before we started the questions, the pursuits of each creative expression and running mirror each other in so many powerful ways, which I've been thinking about a lot recently. They're, they're both this, this exploration toward, you know, a goal or outcome and the process is at the same time rewarding and hard and, you know, there are obvious parallels. It takes patience and time and, you know, the willingness to keep showing up <laughs> until you break through. Actually, I wanted to mention a really powerful metaphor that, um, that Andrew mentioned. You'll probably remember on the podcast where, you know, it's kind of like building a wall and, or, you, you know, you're faced with a wall, like when you're trying to write a song in his example, um, you know, you're, you're walking up and down against this wall, trying to figure out how to get through. And there's this tiny little hole, you know, that some animal created. And that's where like you, you kind of break through to the first, first line of the song and then kind of get momentum. And you're just walking up and down the wall, like trying to figure out how to do this thing and getting frustrated and angry and, 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 but then you break through and it's worth it. And, uh, I just resonated with that simple, but powerful metaphor and love just being able to have different observations and experiences in two different, but parallel and sometimes intersecting worlds, which is creative expression through the arts and then also running for me at least. Could you take me to one like dream or pontification that's come up for you on your runs, whether it's one that comes up a lot or something in particular? Well, so, oh gosh, I wish this happened on a run. I mean, the idea for the website, which is running with heart and without explaining all of it, which wouldn't be a short explanation. <laughs> um, basically, it's running with heart with the he in parentheses, he meaning God, and then art is art, like God's art. Um, the idea for that came actually when I was moving, I was cross-training on the elliptical right after my ACL surgery. And so this was a while ago now, but um, yeah, I just, it, that was really where I started to see kind of the those two different words within a wor the word heart. and started imagining like, how could I, how do I, okay, I realize this, but how do I use it and um, make meaning of it? And a lot of the ideas I've had about the website have been born on runs or yeah, cross training. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, definitely yeah. resonate with everything you spoke to um, as running as a space and a time for creative thought. And I also find that like running, creating runs is also a really like artistic and creative thing. Being like, what route am I going to do today? Or how am I going to create this loop or getting lost somewhere? Um, and then even during this time with COVID, like all the different ways in which people have 
been so creative in their training in terms of like time trials people have done or race experiences that they've created for themselves solo or, you know, FKTs people have gone after, like how people have used this time really creatively without formal races. I feel like it's such an expression for me recently, as you know, I just completed my first 50K um, for my birthday, which was a celebration of something, my, my age, which I'd never done before. I've always wanted to run my age. I turned 29, but a 50K is technically 31 miles. And so I was like, I'm just two miles away from doing, you know, a more standard ultra distance. So why not just try to do the two. And it was such a creative endeavor to think about the route, how I was going to link everything together, how, you know, where I was going to get my water. Like it just totally like takes problem solving and brainstorming. And then also thinking about like, what did all these different, these are the trails I run on most often, often in Concord and like linking them together and what that means to me. And so I feel like in even creating a run, or a ride or whatever way you choose to move through space like that in itself is a creative expression. That is so cool to hear you talk about because it it seems, you know, having known you for a while, like that is something that you try to integrate regularly, that form of creative expression. Like I, I, at least on my end, like I do a lot of the same runs, you know, there's, quite a few places to run here, but not a million. And, but I don't, I mean, they're they're probably a lot more than I know, but I don't take the time to make a project of it. And it seems like you, you just receive so much joy from doing that. And so it's a good reminder that, yeah, that, that is the act of making something that's a path that maybe no one's ever traveled in that direction before, or it's so much it's fun and our, our idea of what that could look like. Yeah. And like, especially when we live in a place for me, I just find so much joy and exploring new trails and new roads and seeing new places. Like, even though I love some of my standard routes, I also love like yesterday I was riding my bike and I got to this end, a dead end of a street. I didn't even realize it was a dead end. I was just exploring Weston. And I was like, okay, I can either turn around on this dead end or there's this trail that I could go on. And so I just took the trail on my bike and my bike, I was on my road bike, which is not meant for a trail. So it was pretty slow moving. And I was, um, you just kind of bushwhacking through this trail. And then I come out on the other side in this beautiful center. It's called like the champion center. It's actually like, I think a Christian like faith center. And the building was just majestic. And I just like appear out of the woods in front of this building. And it was just so awesome. Like, you know, I just, and the only, the reason why I went down that dead end was because there was construction happening on the road and I didn't want to turn around for the construction. So I took a side street and like all of that in itself is this like creative journey that I find like through just letting ourselves be taken on was so much fun. And when I was reflecting on my day yesterday with my partner, that was the highlight of my day was finding that trail. Wow. And I wouldn't have found that if I had just stuck to my same route that I always go on, you know? It's so true. Oh, man, I need to harness more of that adventurous spirit. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You just, like, that's where things start, you know? Like, you created this path that, like, maybe somebody else is going to go on. and You can tell someone else about it. And Oh, yeah, I can't wait to go back so there. so much community that can be forged, you know, from that act, too. Totally. I'm so excited to go back to this trail and run it at some point. So, yeah. Bring me along next time I come. <laughs> um. 
Let's take a quick break for me to share with all of you about my friends at Platinum Physical Therapy. So I first started going to Platinum PT earlier this year when I was so sick and tired of having plantar fasciitis and a ton of foot-related issues that prevented me from running and adventuring. I tried to solve this issue with different specialists and nothing had worked. So I started working with James Cassidy, the founder of Platinum PT, and his approach to my health and running was a complete game changer. Week after week, he addressed my running and injuries holistically, and week after week, I just felt better. My running has become more consistent, and the issues that had plagued me finally have started to subside. Platinum PT has three locations just outside of Boston, and their PTs work one-on-one with you every step of the way. Being runners themselves makes a huge difference, as they really do understand how important it is for athletes to return to the sport they love in a sustainable and healthy way. I even recently completed a 50K birthday run, and this wouldn't have been possible without the consistent and world-class treatment and care from James and the entire team at Platinum. Platinum PT have a range of cash services on offer, as well as regular PT like Alter-G treadmill, strength and conditioning programs, and dry needling. They also have a full telehealth program, so you can be anywhere in the world and gain access to their team of incredible professionals. I have so, so much gratitude for James and the entire team of Platinum PT, and if you are in an injury cycle right now, or maybe you're just looking to build strength and long-term health in your running, head over to www.platinumptma.com for more information on all of their in-person and telehealth services and book an appointment today. Okay, friends, let's get back to our conversation with Abby. So someone has asked, I have so many ideas. How do I decide which ones to pursue or that will actually work? Take this, Abs. Um, (laughs) I kind of laughed when I read that question because that is 100% how my brain thinks too. I'm like, how do I avoid risk? Okay, let's do that one. I don't always think like that, but especially with things that I'm like, I don't know that I'm good at, I do think like that. Um, so I'm constantly and as inspired by Bob Goff, who I've also mentioned many times here. Um, yeah, I'm constantly trying to challenge myself to take that first step without trying to guess the outcome. Um, that's how I'm like just having to uh, direct my brain all the time. Um, I think that you have to say that with a ca- the caveat that like obviously sometimes you try something and you keep trying and you reach a point where you realize, you know, whatever your skill set doesn't match the project that you're trying to accomplish or, you, you know, whatever, you don't have the means to, uh, financially, or, you know, there would be, could be all these valid reasons for why it's necessary and wise to stop. Um, for example, I pursued playing the violin in middle school. Don't know if I've mentioned that here. Um, <laughs> and you can ask my sisters about how that went, but, um, I will summarize it in saying that it was not a success. And I cried at nearly every, uh, every lesson, not because I hated it. It was just because I really, of course I'd never, you know, I wasn't good at it at first. And, um, yeah, there was just a point at which it, like, it was too emotionally taxing and not worth my time at that or my parents' money. So. Um, that's a small kind of silly example of 
you, you can't always try everything, but I just encourage our listeners to like give, put a limit on like, I'm going to pursue something that does initially excite me for this period of time. And like, if I reach this barrier, it will be clear that I need to try something else. I love that you played the violin and I did not know that. And (laughs) that's amazing. And I also (laughs) love this listener because I'm totally right with you. I feel like I have so many ideas and my partner makes fun of me every day. Apparently on my second date with my partner, I told him that I wanted to be a rice farmer in China. And he has not let me live this down. And I do not remember saying this. So I have some wacky ideas out there. So I feel you. The struggle's real. And I think for me, how I conceptualize this is I think really my time is money. Like in the, se- in the sense that like time is so precious um, for everyone. We're all in our world so busy and have so many demands on us. And so I oftentimes think about like, what are the resources you spoke to that abs? Like, what are the resources it would take to actually realize this idea? And do I have the time and the resources? And I also just try not to be super impulsive. Sometimes I have like really big ideas or I have ideas of like wanting to just like stop doing something that's really bothering me. And I'm like, okay, Julia, be patient, be patient and don't be impulsive with our ideas. I think is a huge thing I've learned in that kind of writing them down, putting them in my notebook. And if they keep on coming up for me again and again of wanting to do this, then I acknowledge them and I see if I can explore them and incorporate them. Um, but not to always like get swept up by, by that idea first, first step to let it marinate for a little bit. Maybe that's a couple weeks for you or a couple months and then reevaluate and see if you do want to become a rice farmer in China. Awesome. But don't buy the ticket tomorrow. Yes. Oh, that is such good wisdom, Jules. Uh, yeah, you you just you really have to know your personality type and what you yes. trend toward. You know, do you trend toward impulsivity or do you trend toward uh, kind of paralysis by overanalysis or indecision, and then you know don't do anything. Totally raising my hand. <laughs> I um, tend towards yeah, so impulsivity. Just know where you're, you know, where you get stuck and. Um, act accordingly. Totally. I'm going to go back abs on the document to the last question, which we didn't get to. Listener asks, do you have any tips for balancing creativity and consumption in the digital age? Ooh, another great one. And this is so challenging. Um, because on the one hand, you know, creativity does require observation and therefore consuming media is necessary. You know, it's actually essential to, to understand the audience that you're a part of, you know, the world that you're in. But on the other hand, it also requires undisturbed free thinking, which obviously social media can disrupt. So yeah, you really is, you're faced with a tension here. Um, Hmm. I, I guess I would just speak to some of the things that I, you know, tactics I use personally to designate both long-term and short-term periods of being unplugged. Um, some Sundays I will opt out of consuming anything, social media, whatever, you know, texting. So I just turn off my phone. 
um, or Jake and I, we don't do this that often, but we have had like weekends away where we're just, and I know you guys have done this as well, like don't even have access to the to internet, obviously a phone for emergencies, but um, yeah, so those are some of the longer term things, but um, short term, I, and I'm constantly having to like, <sighs> buck against this and, and like remind myself and again, again, and again, that when I'm writing or specifically when I'm writing, like just, I need to turn off any dings, any notifications, put my phone in the other room because I know what it will tempt me. Like I, I am someone who struggles, like I need transition time, like from one task to another. Like I don't, it takes me 15 minutes for my brain to get like fully absorbed in my task. Um, but I also really value efficiency and like trying to get multiple things done at a time, even though I know it doesn't work for me. All that to say, I have to just, I just have to get any of the distractions out of my sight. So yeah, again, know what you need for the way you're wired and kind of cultivate a space that will help you just get to that free thought. I love that. And I feel like you do such a great job from what I understand from you of really taking your Sundays as being days of recharging, even if you don't fully opt out from talking on the phone with people. But like, I feel like those are days that kind of fill that creative well. And to that point, I think creative energy is limited. For some reason, I always think about a little honey jar and the honey jars that have the bear shape, like the really cute ones. And I always think about like, if I was to pour my, my creativity in a honey jar, my creativity is honey in my little metaphor. Like there's only so much honey in the jar every day. And so I get to choose how I dispense it. And then like what I consume, the media I consume, the podcasts, the music, the news, the emails, the texts, the phone calls, all of that I consume can actually like take the honey out of the jar. And so there's less left for the work that I really want to do. And for me, something simple that I do, a simple tip is I actually have turned off all notifications on my iPhone. So the only time I know that like I have a text, I actually turned it off. So I have to go into the messages thing. Like nothing appears on my phone. My phone's always on do not disturb. So if somehow you call me and I pick up, it's because I'm holding my phone in that moment and my phone's actually open. There's no notifications. There's n- I've never have any email, Instagram, nothing comes on my screen. And that for me is like, so when I look at my phone, like I'm not constantly bombarded with consuming like information or things that I have to do. And that's protecting my honey jar. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And the world doesn't fall apart. You know, like, I mean, yes, I'm not always the most timely at getting back to people. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this and I haven't gotten back to you. I will or reach out again and I will. And then I also, for balancing creativity and consumption, the digital age, being really intentional, um, like when you are doing creative things about the word corrupt is kind of strong, but not like corrupting it with something else, whatever that looks like for you. So for me, sometimes intentionally going on runs or rides or whatever and being like, I'm not going to listen to anything on this run or ride because I really just want to let like my mind flow. Um, and so maybe, yeah, just being really clear about like, okay, if you're making this time to quilt, are you going to listen to something? Or are you going to just be really wholly present in the quilting process? Quilting. Wow, I don't quilt, by the way. Pursue that creative activity. <laughs> I've never known how to do that. Um, always an old soul at heart. But yeah, no, Jules, that's so good. I actually, I don't think I've ever disengaged notifications for 
messaging. And that would be an incredibly powerful experience, which can be done in half a second. So I'm totally going to look into that. It also reduces my stress because when I see messages, I usually feel like really bad if I'm not responding, but I'm not able to respond in the moment. And so like having it be something I have to actually enter and go into makes it be a more of an intentional act. Just like with Instagram is on, I have to swipe on my screen to get to Instagram. It's in a little box. Like it's not, it's something I have to do with presence. Yes. Yes. Love those tips. Next Um, question. Okay. To our next question. Yeah. What do you do when you feel burned out creatively? What do you do, Abby? So I, you know, I think it's helpful. It's not always helpful for, but in this case, it is helpful helpful for me to know why I'm getting burned out. There's always a reason. And I, and I think that usually both in running and in other creative acts, it's, I find that it's because I've put too much pressure on the outcome and I'm, I've just been too perfectionistic. And that's usually what just drains my energy and willpower. Um, if I'm gripping too tightly on the outcome. And so with running, uh, taking breaks is obviously a regular part of my, you know, routine, both annually. We take, as I mentioned, the, you know, the three weeks of cross training slash off, but then also, Um, there have been times where I take a complete day of rest, you know, every week, um, or regularly and, you know, there, there's routine time off. And so, um, yeah, there's that physical rest. Um, but the, as I, as I mentioned earlier, the act of receiving other create creative activities during that time is, is, is also something that feels restorative, even if I'm not physically resting, you know, like in time between sessions, I might be writing or reading or, you know, in the evening, like watching a great film. Think those are a few of the things that, um, even if I'm not, that feel like mentally and emotionally and spiritually resting. Um, but when I feel burned out, like with the arts, um, and specifically for me with writing, um, I do of course need to step away from it and just try to like really step away and be present away and enjoy relationships um, during that, that time of setting it aside. And then when I return, I try to just like when I struggled, I remember I had a friend, uh, Alexi Pappas, who is such an incredible, you know, writer, filmmaker. She would always help me um, in college. Like when I just get stuck in my own perfectionism, writing a paper and she'd say like, Abby, what are you trying to say? Like, let's talk it out. What are you trying to say? And I'd articulate it to her. She'd be like, write that. Like, you need to start with actually, with whatever form, like like uh, singing or writing or whatever it is. Like, try to just be okay with it being all jumbled and not exactly what you want, imperfect at first. Um, and then And then go back and, you know, cultivate it even more. I read this incredible book um, for anyone. I, I recommend it to anyone who's interested in creativity um, by Anne Lamott. I don't know if I've mentioned it. To- yes, I have. It's called Bird by Bird. And she has one of the chapters, part of my language is called The Shitty First Draft. And it's, it is hilarious. It's like so, for anyone who's a procrastinator, it will make you laugh out loud. Um, and it's just about how we like 
it's just hard for us, um, most people to tolerate like writing a first draft that is just crappy. That's like, just, you know, I often think like, this sounds like a third grader is writing it, but that's often what you need to actually dig into what you're really trying to say. And so, yeah, those are a few things. <laughs> I need to read Bird by Bird. I haven't read it yet. And I really like what you said about when you do feel burned out creatively, kind of getting to the root of why. And maybe it's okay if you don't have just one why or you have some ideas, but to start to get clear on like, why are you feeling burned out? Um, And similar to you, Abs, for me, it's definitely about like putting too much pressure on myself in some arena. And so the antidote for that is oftentimes bringing more play and more Mm -hmm. space and spaciousness for myself oftentimes comes with slowing down and meditating and through giving myself more time to just be and playing outdoors more is, you know, not taking my watch with me, you know, not, not having it be a training session. Maybe it's just a gentle walk in the woods with my dog, like really being able to be like, okay, if I'm feeling burned out creatively, can I play more in a really gentle way? I like to think about like my little, my little girl, the little Julia, like what would she have done to fill up her cup? And for me as a young kid, I liked to be alone a lot and I liked to play by myself. Even though I had friends, that was what filled me up when I was feeling overstimulated. And so for me, it's when I feel burned out creatively coming back to my roots. Oh, that's such a powerful, simple visual. Like what would the 11-year-old, you know, Jules, um, who is, you know, like, I've heard it said that that's when we're our most authentic selves is when we're like in that around that age. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a good way to prime that sense of play. That's awesome. Yeah. And I loved to take baths. I remember I have memories of just like being in the bathtub and just, you know, listening to music um, in the bathtub as a kid. And I unfortunately don't have a bathtub in the apartment I live in now, but yeah, like when you do feel burned out, it doesn't have to be, doesn't mean you have to take three weeks away from something or it's going to take right. you super long to recharge. Maybe it is just taking an evening of chilling, you know, and taking that bath or whatever you need um, can kind of re recharge you. Yeah, totally. That's like one of the best um, endeavors I think we can, we can partake in is just understanding like what it like as we've talked about a few times on you know this podcast like what does it take for me to reset just having those tools like right in front of you at at your disposal when you need it um amen just will allow you to get back to where you need to be sooner this episode was brought to you by my friends at x endurance One of my favorite products that X-Endurance makes is called Lean. Lean is an all-in-one superfood plant-based protein powder. Lean contains 20 grams of plant-based protein and organic greens, including moringa, kale, spirulina, and chlorella. One of my favorite parts of Lean, though, is that it's cookie dough flavored. You heard that, cookie dough flavored. It has a smooth and delicious taste that I love incorporating into my morning smoothie, You can even take a scoop of it with water as a post-workout recovery, and I even made these cookie dough energy bites with lean in them that taste phenomenal and are just the perfect snack right after I run. To experience lean yourself, you can receive up to 10% off 
when purchasing it at shop.teamxnd.com slash running which is linked to in this episode show notes. Okay, friends, let's get back to our conversation with Abby. So our next question is, what is a creative medium or project you have yet to do that you'd like to explore? Jules. Oh my goodness, so many. Um, whew. The first one that comes to mind is I would really love to learn how to play guitar. I've always felt really intimidated by the guitar and the physicality of it. And I love singing. And so it would be so fun to have something to sing with. And yeah, I think probably the barrier for me to making space to learn how to play has been a time thing. Being like, I don't have the time to learn how to play guitar. Um, but that is for sure like a creative medium and a, a, a joy endeavor that I would love to explore at some point. I don't think I'll explore it in the next month. I'm not going to hold myself accountable to that, but would love to make, would love to, yeah, just start to kind of think about what would it take for me to bring that into my life. And then as far as the podcast goes, I have so many like little side projects with it I would love to do. And I think about all the time, like I would love to have more listeners on and have, you know, more smaller mini episodes with listeners about their stories and do series about different topics. And I'd love to do more like edited and narrated podcasts um, versus we do just long form, you know, unedited, but really like kind of craft more of the story of the podcast. Um, Yeah. So there's so many projects with the pod that I wish I had time to do, but I'm in grad school and I can't do it all right now. Yep. You've embraced your reality. I'm trying. What is a creative meeting medium or project that you have yet to do that you'd like to explore, Abby? So the one I'm focused on right now is, is of course, writing and uh, storytelling really through writing and, and speaking too. Like as I uh, was thinking about this, I kind of recognized like, oh, I, speaking is not something I've really mentioned yet. I, it's obviously a different form, like it's writing in different form, but um, I have really wanted to hone that craft um, for a long time, which of course only comes through practice. But I think that as I spend more time in kind of the contemplative space of writing, my ability to communicate it verbally does improve as well, I find. So and I've had, you know, thankfully some opportunities to do that, especially throughout COVID. And so that's that's my current focus. Um, I would love, you know, I, talking about going back to our sixth grader self, like I used to love, I, I read avidly growing up. And I remember in, I think it was actually ninth grade when we had a poetry unit in my English class. And I... I represented our class actually like in a poetry out loud competition. I like forget about these things and probably I've like buried them in my mind because they make me feel nerdy, but I loved it. I just remember loving reading poetry and like being able to express it well. Like it's such an art, you know, obviously the spoken word. And uh, so, I, and I, and I remember enjoying writing them as well. So I, am really intimidated, honestly, by that. Um, obviously my perfectionism like is like raging when every word 
has so much more intent, you know, and, and of course the art of poetry, but that's something I'd like to pursue. I don't know when, but at some point. Um, and then also in the realm of music, I have always been told that I have piano fingers, whatever that means. I guess they're just longer. And so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I like would try to play, you know, like elementary songs and we had a piano, um, in my basement. So my sisters and I would try to play, but I never, it would take me a little while to remember how to read music and, you know, from violin and yeah. So that's another thing. Jake, Jake can play more piano. He took lessons at one point than I can. So we both have talked about, Oh, we'd love to have a piano someday way in the future when we can afford it. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I'd also love to read that poem that you wrote in ninth grade. I wonder if you could dig that up someday. So, you know, I, and I should have specified. So it, this, the poetry out loud competition was with a specific, like we were given a list of, I don't know, a hundred poems that were geared toward, you know, speaking. I don't know why they chose them, but they did. And so I, I chose this poem that was really pretty short, but I, it had some Spanish in it. So like, I remember like one line went into Spanish and I like remember practicing and being super nervous. Uh, but then realizing like, oh, I actually, like, I felt like I got into this mode where as an introvert, like I didn't really care. And I get in this mode too, when I'm speaking, like I don't, I get super nervous and then I start speaking and I'm like, okay. And that was what happened to me with poetry. So it was the first time that I really understood that like, oh, I can do this hard thing that intimidates me and, and it's a safe space when I actually am in the act of doing it. Amen. This is a long answer, but. And I hope that the questions we're asking right now of one another, listeners can also ask themselves, yes. you know, like what is a creative medium or project that you've yet to do that you'd like to explore and let us know. Like, I'd love to hear what people, like what's percolating for people or what's holding people back from, from that. I totally agree. I know that there are things that are like way outside the box that people are doing that we probably don't even know about that are beautiful forms, you know, that we can't even really appreciate uh, of, of expressing yourself. So we totally want to know about those things and maybe we can touch back on them next time. Yeah. Our final question, advice for people who don't feel artistically gifted or inclined. So I want to say, I don't know, Jill, this was actually my question that I threw in. Well, question slash just, uh, you know, area of discussion that I threw in there because it was, as you know, mentioned on the interview with Andrew Peterson. And um, I felt it was really important to state because oftentimes, as we've mentioned, people don't immediately think of themselves, you know, if they don't enjoy the quote unquote arts as creative and so we just want to encourage you all to know and believe that every human being is made in the image of God and therefore you are creative in some way. Um, and that's freeing and exciting, you know, even if you have not necessarily discovered what form that's in. The raw materials are there. Um, and, a, and something interesting that, that Andrew mentioned too is, that really it starts with just paying attention, 
which reminds me, you might have it memorized. Mary, there's a Mary Oliver poem, um, which I, is probably one of her most popular poems. Maybe we can reference it in the show notes or something afterward, but uh, that's really the essence of just paying attention. That's really the essence of so much of her poetry is, is observation of nature. And uh, yeah, he, he said, all of creation, creation is preaching all the time. You know, it's just a matter of whether or not we, we are still enough to listen in different ways. Um, and he also said, the world started dividing into a deeper wonder as soon as I started to pay attention to the variedness of God's creation. Um, yeah, so, so anyone can do that, right? Um, and, and, you know, he also suggested it can start by, you know, we talked about this too, having conversations about meaningful things that others have created, receiving creativity and having conversations about it. Um, and then also, I, I just, it, this is always a reminder to me that creativity, as we have said, does need time and receiving it needs time as well. So like, whether or not you're, an, you're a museum person, I think this might be a good exercise really for anyone, um, particularly if you don't like find a ton of natural appreciation of uh, visual art is to go to a museum and give you like discipline yourself. And I would have to do this. Like it would be a discipline to, to stare at a painting that I don't immediately, that doesn't immediately intrigue me, but take 10 or 15 minutes and stare at it long enough um, to see something that isn't obviously there. And I think if you really do that with any art form, Kurt Thompson speaks about that too in his his books. Like he's like, if you look at something long enough, like eventually it will start looking back at you in that it will, you'll start seeing things you didn't see before. And I think there's so much truth to that. And he even compares it to like, that's what happens when we, when we spend enough time with each other in relationship, like deeply listening. Um, so the same thing can appear in art as well. So that's kind of, I went off, off a little bit there, but anyone really can give different works of art or creative expression time and pay attention to the world. And, and it can, those, those things can, can spark creativity in some way. So, so, so much wisdom in all of that. That's beautiful. And Mary Oliver, she has a quote from Upstream. This is a different quote that you, you mentioned, but she says, the most regretful people on earth are those who felt the call to creative work, who felt their own creative power and uprising and gave it to it neither power nor time. And so it speaks to what you just spoke to, Abs, which is like giving yourself the time to explore and to notice what stirs you or what calls you. If you don't necessarily feel like you identify as artistically gifted or inclined, but just giving yourself the time and then knowing that, you know, there's creative expression in everything. Yes. And it can also be sacred. It can be uniquely yours. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, published online. Like there doesn't have to be an end goal to things. I think it's just like, it could be just because it's playing and it's joyful. That is a really important point that you just made. There doesn't have to necessarily be an end goal. You can appreciate it for the sake of it. Yeah. That's one thing that, yeah, I definitely haven't emphasized, but it does need to be said. Um, that's what makes it playful. Um, 
another quote that uh that I received from a panel that I listened to a few months ago on the Veritas Forum, which is an organization that that does um engages people of all different faiths to have conversations about what matters on college campuses. And Andy Crouch was one of the speakers. He um is a writer and editor and He said, this is a very mysterious thing, but I actually think lament is the seed of creativity. It's the seed of genuine creative action. It's when you sense that something is wrong in the world and you bring it fully into expression. And what was meant by the word lament is kind of the the meeting place of sorrow and hope which, you know, it doesn't have to be dark, but it, it, this is, I think, an encouragement in that when you are in this time of distress, like many of us are right now, um, it, it can be the starting place for something really beautiful combined with the hope that like there is a way out and um, it, it can really just stir your emotions and heart enough to produce something that couldn't have been made without the circumstances that you're in. So I've come back to that quote many times. Um, just really appreciate it's kind of redemptive hope that it gives us. So beautiful. We'll definitely share those quotes as well with this. This was so much yeah. fun. I got to learn, like you played the violin and you spoke at a poetry competition. You're just hiding <laughs> all these things from me. Let's. It's so fun. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who submitted questions and abs just for bringing this, this topic to light. What is next for you right now in life? You've spoken to so, this being a time of resting. Yes. Um, so believe it or not, Jake and I have actually just planned a camping trip. I never thought that I would have agreed to that willingly, but, um, we actually set up a, I don't know if I told you this, we set up a, our tent in our backyard a couple of weeks ago um, to uh, actually just put up the projector screen. Our TV broke, which we really don't even use that often. But anyway, we wanted to watch a movie and we have a projector and we set up the tent and then it started raining literally five minutes, thunderstorming five minutes after. So we actually just watched the movie in our laptop in our backyard in a tent. But all that to say, we're that it has inspired us to plan a couple days camping and on the beach. So we're gonna do that in a few weekends. So I'm mixed emotions about that, but mostly excited. I think it's gonna be fine. The only thing I'm worried about is is obviously the sleep component. I don't know how that's gonna go, but it's only three days. So even if it's bad, it's okay. Um, and then yeah, I'm just really excited to to plan this training camp and. Um, or altitude camp and spend some time with my friend Bridget. And um, I know a few people in, in Boulder. So yeah, just looking forward to a new altitude spot. And is the spot you're going to camping in North Carolina or a different ocean spot? So it is, so it's in South Carolina, actually. Yeah, it's only about five hours from here um, on the coast. Yeah, we had friends that recommended this spot to us and um yeah, we're just going to take a little adventure. Yay. I'm excited for you to get out of your comfort zone, your bubble. I know. We'll see. I'll report back. Yeah. How that's about you, awesome. Jules? Yeah. So last month I set an intention 
on the pod with you of taking a couple days off from work um, because I'm on a break from school for right now for like the next two weeks. And so this upcoming weekend, I'm actually going camping and um, planning to unplug from technology, not bring my laptop or not do any podcast work or anything while I'm there. So I'm really looking forward to unplug it a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that hadn't happened yet. No, it is. Yeah, it's happening. So you you guys will be gone like three nights or something like that? Yeah, just two nights, just two nights. But I'm I'm proud of myself for making it happen because it's hard. You know, I think everyone experiences this are like, we have a couple home projects that we're working on and a van that we're building. Um, and we could stay home and work on them, you know, and, but it's like to really make the choice to unplug and to reset and to step away from life is a choice. And it's also a privilege for sure as well. Um, but to take that time to recharge is something that I'm not the best at and I'm, I'm trying. I applaud. I applaud the efforts. And again, we'll have to circle back to hear how that went next time. And then next time we talk, I'm going to have started my internship for grad school in the fall. um, And we'll be back in school in full swing. So I'm a little excited. I'm a little nervous to be adding the internship into my life on top of full course load. So it'll be interesting. And the internship will be all remote as well, um, which I just found out yesterday. And I'm a little sad about because I was you know, excited to get to work with people in person. Um, but now it's all online. So that's, will be an adventure. Where would you have been? Um, I'm doing my internship at a high school and I was going to be on campus on the high school, but the high school is now transitioned to being fully remote. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's what's on tap. Wow. A busy, a busy late summer and fall. Um, Should we jump into our surprise questions? Yeah, let's go. (laughs) You've got it. Um, Okay, so I want to know what is the form of creative expression that you are least talented at? Oh, Abby, awesome question. The The two things that come to mind are like drawing, painting. Like I really can't. I really, really, like, if you ask me to draw anything, that's <laughs> not. you took mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, I can't. I don't know. And I know everyone's like, anyone can draw. And I'm like, no, you haven't met me. So that would be number one. And then number two is building, like building things, like putting together furniture. Even if there's a manual, I somehow can't do it. Or like my partner, you know, he's building this van that we're, we bought this old van and he's designing the interior of it. And he can just like eyeball things and figure out how to like make the shelving and everything is so intuitive to him. It's unreal. And that is just not my creative wheelhouse is like building actual physical things, even if there's an instruction manual or without one. Ikea furniture, worst nightmare. What about you? What you said I took yours. What is your least your least strong creative expression? Yeah, I mean I was I was literally gonna say the exact same thing with drawing. Like from I learned very early on that I can mess up a stick figure. So that's just like one thing that I've embraced that I I mean, yeah, I mean that's like what allows me I, I think it's on the one hand challenging to 
appreciate the visual arts because like, I don't understand. Well, I mean, I guess I do understand because I'm so, I, I, I so deeply lack the talent that I'm like, how do you do this? But I also don't necessarily have the eye for it either. So, um, yeah, yeah. I just, I wish, I mean, I really wish it would, could be like such a cool outlet. You know, I, I do have like those like coloring books, like adult coloring books, like love it. Stay in the lines. Got it. I can do that. <laughs> but other than that, I'm toast. My question for you is, what is your favorite season? Ooh. And we're talking about like four, the four seasons of New England yes. where we both grew up. Yes. Not to be prejudiced or exclusionary. <laughs> to like, um, like my mom I'm grew up in Ecuador and she didn't fall. have. I think yeah. it has to be fall. fall. Um, I just have so many good memories. I mean, really even growing up, like I've always, cross country was always my favorite. Um, in New England, how can you not love it? We do, we actually do get really beautiful foliage here in, in Boone as well, but. Honestly, I don't think it's the same as as New England. You don't get like the the vibrancy and the variety that you do there. So, yeah, and just like the transition back to routine is always fun. I was always ready for that um, growing up, like ready to go back to school. And so, yeah, for me, it's fall. What is yours, Jules? I don't know if I know this, or maybe I do. I feel Let's like see. mine changes, like as I Does every it? year as I grow older. You know, I have different seasons that I like based on the seasons of my life. That was really a cliche. And I'd say <laughs> right now, spring would be my favorite season because I can do a lot of the activities I like outdoors. Like there's early in spring, there's still backcountry skiing. There's not usually snow on the ground in Massachusetts during parts of spring. So you can bike outdoors. You can run on the trails because there's not snow on the trail, some of the trails. So it's just, but it's not like too hot. It's not too cold. It's like this kind of, I like spring. Going back to school makes me anxious. So fall is not it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I, spring is pretty great. Well, yeah, you have that added like joy for winter sports that in Boston. Yeah. You really can ride that out like well into March. Yeah. I mean, I Sometimes was skiing April. in, yeah, skiing in April. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, this is, this has been awesome. I was really looking forward to this one. And, and to, again, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing from listeners. I hope let us know what other forms of creative expression we haven't touched on that you're good at or not good at. And yeah, let's just embrace both of those. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much, Abby. Love you and I'm Love grateful you too. for you. Thanks, Jules. This podcast was brought to you by my friends at Platinum Physical Therapy. Platinum PT have three locations outside of Boston and have been a major contributor in my ability to run healthy this year. I started working with James Cassidy, the founder of Platinum PT, back in January, and I've been truly, truly blown away by the holistic care and improvements I've seen. Platinum PT have a range of services outside of PT, including Altergy, dry needling, and a full telehealth capacity for those of you who aren't based locally. 
So if you're in an injury rut right now, or you just want to get stronger in your sport, check out www.platinumptma.com for more information on all of their services and to book an appointment today. This show was also made possible with the support from my friends at X Endurance. X Endurance Lean is my favorite protein powder as it's plant-based, filled with organic greens and superfoods, and it's cookie dough flavored. Lean tastes amazing on its own with one scoop of water post-workout or add it into your favorite smoothie. To experience Lean yourself, you can receive up to 10% off when purchasing it at shop.teamxnd.com slash running on ohm, which is linked to in this episode show notes. By supporting sponsors of this podcast, this allows me to keep sharing these conversations with incredible women like Abby. Thank you, thank you to all those who will check out Platinum PT and X Endurance. If this Soul Sister Sessions episode from today resonated, or maybe you have follow-up questions or thoughts, reach out to Abby and I on Instagram. If you have a family member or friend who you think would resonate with today's conversation, also share this podcast with them. Really nothing beats word of mouth. And you know, here in the outros, I feature a listener review that's written on iTunes because I really do read every listener review and I take your feedback to heart. If it's your review, reach out to me after hearing it and I'll send you a little something via snail mail. Jessica K567 writes, I love listening to every episode of Running on Gnome. Julia asks such insightful questions and digs deep into the minds and thoughts of her guests. I love that so many aspects of running are discussed, not just the physical parts. Her help questions help me look inside my own mind to question my existing thoughts and whys as well. I look forward to new episodes every week, and it's always first on my podcast, Kui. Thank you, Jessica K567, for your review. And I am honored that Rue is a catalyst for your own reflections. That is my goal in doing this podcast. So please, please reach out to me at runningonome at gmail.com with your address, and I'll send you a little something via snail mail. Leaving iTunes reviews are a huge, huge help in spreading the word about the podcast. I thank you if you've done so already. And if you haven't, it's going to take you less than two minutes. And I will be your forever fan. Next week, I'll be releasing a conversation with Allison Desir, runner, mental health professional, and activist who is a force. This conversation is a powerful one. Get ready, everyone. A huge thank you to my incredible podcast team that makes Rue a reality. That's Nick Errol for podcast management, Tim Briggs for design, John Summerford for audio production, Caitlin Murray Minor Ong for illustration, and my album artwork. Thank you, thank you to this team. Thank you, yes you, for listening. Lots of love and gratitude. Music